Welcome to the Morning Prep Podcast. We've got a minute because the kids have not started to line up out your door. My name is Nathan Van. Before we dive into the topic for today's episode, I think I want to just review over what the purpose of this show is. I'm glad that you're here joining us. I'm glad that you've decided to take a little bit of time out of your day just to listen to me kind of ramble on for 15, 20 minutes or so about different topics that relate to education and the experience of a teacher and how to improve your classroom. This is a very important idea to me just simply because when I first started teaching, I wish I had a resource. I, I had coaches, um, but a lot of them were learning their craft or they just weren't as available as I felt that I needed them to be. That's no mark against them. I mean, teaching is hard as it is. And, and, and I remember my own coach, he had his own classroom. And I I currently, I've, I am a coach and I've had my own classroom sporadically throughout the past two or so years. And it's, it's a difficult thing. And so I don't ha- want to harp on anybody for that. But I remember first being a teacher and wishing I had really good resources to lean on. I mean, a bit of it was just you just have to do the work and you've got to figure it out and cut your teeth a little bit. But I also wish I had something like this, like this podcast, to just get that consistent flow of just information and and support in terms of like, hey, these are the things that you can do right now to improve your classroom, or these are the things that you should be thinking about as you step into your room, as you get students before you. So it's very much explicitly, my purpose in this show is to provide teachers, both new and veteran teachers, resources in the area of classroom practice, of a literature review of like what is there, what are some of like the hot books right now that are good teaching resources, and then of course also kind of being able to warn you away from the less quality ones, and then also exploration of current policy issues too, just simply because what happens in the local and the state and the federal government does impact your classroom. I mean, as we all know this like it it, everything focuses in on the teacher at one point or another the goal is that these episodes are going to range from about 10 minute snapshots to about half hour to even sometimes an hour long long form topic discussions this is simply because sometimes things require a little bit more time and a little bit more exploration to fully understand Additionally, we're going to have intermittent interviews. These interviews are going to range from having very veteran and experienced teachers because there is an extreme value in hearing from those who have been in the field a long, long time. And then, of course, we're also going to have interviews with new teachers. What are the things that they wish they knew? What are the things they wish they were prepared for? In addition to principals and network leaders, different scholars and policymakers, the goal idea, the goal here is to give all of you just a boots on the ground perspective from across all areas of education. Because again, like many things go into what happens in our classrooms. It As much as we want it to be just us and the kids, it never really is. And so this is going to give us that broader perspective. But also what it does too is it's going to take us out of our little silos because we tend to silo ourselves in our classrooms and we just get stuck in our own little world. And so I want to be able to pull us out of our own world and see larger things like what are what are going on in other people's classrooms, what is going on in other people's rooms across the nation, across the, uh, the various cities that we are all from. 
So I want us to be able to get a broader perspective too. Now, our episodes are mainly going to have two formats. There's going to be the classroom practice. So this is going to be focused in on just one main aspect of how you can improve your classroom and then contemporary policy issues. With contemporary policy issues, we're going to be looking at various um, various aspects of teaching that are typically dictated and governed by law, such as rules around special education and differentiation, rules about English language learners, rules about, honestly, like discipline and procedures in regards to that, too. So that's that's the big vision. That's what I want you all to look forward to is, again, like either the classroom practice or contemporary policy issues. And you're going to see that each episode is going to be labeled as either CP or CPI, just so you can know, get an idea a bit of what you're walking into. But most importantly, I really want this to be a show driven by you. I want if there's a specific topic, if there's a specific idea, if there's something that you want to explore a little bit in more depth that you may not have time to dive into, or you just want to hear an additional perspective on, then please reach out. I really want to support. I really want to explore these ideas. I mean, I've got a whole list of things that I want to touch on. I had a whole list of different topics that I want to make sure that I address right off the bat. But if there is something that you think that is really pressing or something that you want touched on much sooner, please let me know. I would gladly do the research and create the episode and put it out there. Because again, like I've got a lot of ideas, but I also want to hear from you because to a certain extent, I think it's like what makes shows great. What makes podcasts great is the amount of interaction between the host and the audience and for the audience to know that they feel heard. Like I remember this one time I was listening to a podcast and I commented something on their on their Facebook page and then they mentioned the comment. I'm just like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and I want you all to have that kind of feeling. And I also want you all to have that kind of connection. Um, so speaking of connections, actually, I want to get into this week's topic. This week's topic is focused on building empathy and compassion in the classroom. So before we even get to that point, one thing I want to ask you is it's a question that no doubt you've been asked probably 101 times on your journey to become a teacher is who was your favorite teacher and why? Now, more often, the longer you've been in education, the more you hear this question, the longer, the more you've had time to think about it and really process it and really come to that conclusion of who was your favorite teacher. Now, for me, I am a trained history teacher. And so I always go back to the first time that I really fell in love with the topic of history. And that was my 10th grade U.S. history teacher, Mr. Frank. What he just did did for me in regards to history was he opened my eyes to that history being more than just names, dates, and places. It was such a foundational thing for me because I remember I had previous history teachers that that's what history class felt like all it was. It was just memorize these names, memorize these dates, memorize these places. And history just didn't have any sort of real deep and meaningful connection to me or, or greater things that I was learning. And what Mr. Frank helped me really see and understand was that history just moves through all of us. It impacts everything that we do and everything that we've done. And it guides the decisions that we make towards the future. It really, again, opened me up to really understanding history in a brand new way. And it made me just fall in love with the subject so much that I decided to become a history teacher. Now, one thing that I think that you'll resonate with and that really resonates in my story is that idea of connectedness is that for me, 
Mr. Frank helped me connect to history. And by him helping draw that connection to history, I felt that deeper connection to him. And what I've heard consistently is that what those kinds of teachers that left a mark in people's minds were the teachers that made them feel connected that connected them to one another. Maybe it was a teacher that noticed you for the first time. Maybe it was that kind of teacher that for the first time really saw you for who you are as more than just a student in the classroom, but as somebody that was special, important, and had value. But I think that's that's the key piece. Like The core of building connections really comes down to empathy and compassion. And I think that's what we'll see, and that's why I've chosen this as the very first topic that I want to explore in this podcast is simply because having an empathetic classroom is critical to really changing the game for students. And, and I say this just simply because I come from like my entire teaching experience has been in urban charter settings. So I've consistently worked with students from lower income backgrounds who more often than not had a very low quality education. And so there's significant gaps to be filled. But more often than not, again, many of the students that I encountered have had trust issues with teachers because they had teachers that, sure, they were fun and exciting, but the teachers didn't teach them anything and the teachers didn't really resonate with them. And, and many of them would always share stories of how teachers, they could literally tell the teachers that were there for a paycheck. I mean, just like one interesting story is like when I first started teaching, I remember like my first week there, I had a student um, come up to me and ask, well, when are you going to leave? Because the school that I worked at had significant turnover. And like that just really struck me because it was the idea of like, wait a second, teachers leave? Like I I never I I never had a teacher leave in the middle of the year or anything like that. Um, Actually, scratch that. I had one teacher leave in the middle of the year, but um, I, I don't even know what the story was in that regards to that. She just up and left one year. But that is what it is. But like that was just like a one off thing and it never really happened again in the rest of my education. But for these these students that I first interacted with, that I first taught for their default expectation to be teachers come in and leave, it signaled to me that, oh, my gosh, like something bigger is going on here. And so that's where I say it's like developing empathy, like being able to empathize with your students is very is is arguably, I would say, like one of the most important things you can do as a teacher, because students need to see you as somebody who cares. I mean, there's study after study that goes into and explains very clearly on how students that feel cared for by their teachers tend to retain more and learn more and grow more simply because they have that connection. I mean, think about who your first teachers are. It's your parents. Like if you have a good relationship with your parents, like you tend to grow and learn more from them or like you you learn more from the people that you have those deeper connections with. And so all of this is to say that this is something that many of you may already do without thinking, building connections and having empathy with your kids. And maybe something that's just extremely natural to you, because I've found that a, a lot of teachers get into the field simply because they love that connectedness. They love connecting to other people. They're mainly extroverts, like they gain their energy from other people. Uh, but I, I stand in the camp of introverts. I, I don't get my energy from other people. Other people drain me again. Like I love teaching. I love working with students. I love seeing them grow. But a day of teaching is exhausting and I, I leave just completely drained. 
So for me, like this is something that I had to learn. I had to learn how to be empathetic. I had to learn how to be compassionate in that regard, because for me, being thinking of history as like the the lecturing professor, like Professor Van. I mean, that's what the kids would jokingly call me sometimes as Professor Van. But seeing myself in that role, I came off as very detached. I came off as very uh, disaffected by anything that happened, that anything my students did. And so one thing that I really had to learn was I had to learn how to connect with my kids. I had to learn how to be empathetic. I couldn't be detached. I couldn't be non-emotional. I couldn't be uh, like like a Vulcan. I couldn't be like Tuvok or Spock. I, I had to I had to be invested in my kids. I had to love them and I had to care for them. And so for me, like the big why for why building empathy and compassion in your classroom is so important is because it builds investment in your room and buy into your teaching like that's that's the big part right here it invests kids in your room and it buys them into your teaching they're more willing to try risky things in your room because they trust you because they see that you are there for them and you care about them and you love them like that's the point right here so you want to build that investment and you want to buy them in because it allows you to have it allows you to encourage them to take more academic risks. So this comes down to the big question of how. How do you do all this? So when I was researching this episode and just thinking about my own practice, what were the things that I did to help get me from this being very disaffected professor van type person to that kind of teacher that my kids enjoy being around and just talking to in the halls? The one thing that I had to do is I had to give time for my students to reflect and think about how they feel. In other words, I had to give them space to feel their feelings. I couldn't just come into the classroom and expect my kids to shut off emotionally and ignore everything that's happened in their life up until that point and then just be ready to learn. Like it's a massive disservice to my students, especially considering, again, many of my students came from very challenging and difficult neighborhoods. Like if you if you are a Chicagoan and or at least you have like news alerts for Chicago, the one common feature you see every Sunday night or Monday morning on the news is what did the weekend violence totals look like? 40 people shot, five people dead, stuff like that. And one thing that I know is when I would read those news articles, I would see the neighborhoods. And then I would think about my students and the neighborhoods that my students lived and I would see those connections. I would see like, oh my gosh, my student lives like three blocks away from where this shooting happened. How might that affect them on Monday morning? And so I had to recognize that my students have feelings and I need to give them that space to feel their feelings. I need to acknowledge how they're feeling. I need to give them those moments to, to more or less just get it out. And so this comes in the form of like, say, having your morning PDN, please do now. That's what my, my current school calls them or mind warmer or, or do nows or, or brain warmer, whatever you whatever you call them is having like that be a part of it. Like just a general emotional welfare check, like have them write down. How are you doing today? How was your weekend? Or even when you are welcoming your students into the class, so you're standing at the door, you're thresholding and you have students walking in, you ask them, how was your weekend? How did things go? What did you do for fun? What are you worried about? It's taking that time to give them that moment to just 
let it out just a little bit. And, and that's really important. That's something you can't forget. I mean, we get the same way too, even though we're adults and we have a little bit more control over our emotions in some respect, we still have to have those moments where we emotionally let loose. And so that the first step is you have to create space and time in your class to do that. If you don't, I'm not saying your classroom is going to be unsuccessful, but I'm saying you're going to inhibit some of the success that you could have. So look for those opportunities to really see students where they are and really help them out. Another major way of doing this is acknowledging when a student wronged another and, and helping to rectify it. Now, again, I say this just out of a lot of, of out of an abundance of personal experience of just having a student like cuss another kid out or say something really rude or disrespectful and pretending like I didn't hear it. What that ended up doing for me is it broke the relationship with both students because it, it signaled to the student that did the disrespectful action. I don't care do what you want. And then it signaled to the student that was disrespected that I don't care about how you feel. You just have to deal with it. And so it hurt that the both of those relationships. And it tends to actually hurt the relationships that witness it as well. Because many students, when stuff like that happens, they're sitting and they're waiting for what your reaction is going to be. And more often than not, I've made the wrong choice. I chose to ignore it. I chose to not acknowledge it. I chose to just let it pass on by. And that was a massive disservice because it uh, it hurt my classroom culture immensely. It hurt my ability to connect with my kids because it sent that very clear signal, I don't care. And I don't want my students to ever feel that I don't care about them. I don't want them to ever think that. And so the major step forward is you have to acknowledge when wrongs happen. You can't let it slide. You have to deal with it one way or the other. Now, making a big grandiose show about it is not the way to do it, obviously, but addressing, talking to both students, having a moment, having them sit down at one point or another in the hall, but like having them come to terms with it. The goal isn't maybe necessarily to make them best friends, but the goal could be just you have them talk about it and you again at least address it. Now, another way to do this, too, to continue to build that empathy with your kids is that if you've made a mistake, admitting that you're wrong, there's an immense amount of power in saying, I'm sorry, in telling a student, I, I screwed up. I own that. That's my mistake. There's so much power in that. And I think that you need to be self-reflective enough to know when you've made a mistake, you need to be aware enough to be able to say like, ooh, I goofed right here, or I did too much, or I made this problem, or I misspoke. Now, that's not going to fix every single relationship, but what that's going to end up doing is it's going to end up signaling to the kids that you need to grow too, that just because you're an adult doesn't mean you think you're perfect. That's what kids need to see. They need to see and know that, yes, you are not perfect and you are willing to admit when you're wrong because this does something that's very important for kids is that it shows them how to do the same thing too. It shows them how to make up for a mistake. It shows them that it is okay to say you are sorry because that's one of <laughs> that's this slides into my next clear point is that you have to remind yourself that you are the adult in the room and you need to model the behaviors for the kids. So if you want them to be more empathetic, you have to show them what empathy looks like. And that means listening very clearly, very intently, being very real, very authentic with kids, not faking it, not holding back in, in certain regards. 
Because the key is that they're kids, they're still learning, and your goal and your priority is to teach them. So, so far what we've covered here is just simply you need to create times in class for students to express themselves. You need to really acknowledge when there are breaches in behavior and really uh, more or less call it out and seek to rectify it. You need to acknowledge in moments when you are wrong and you've made a mistake. You need to remind yourself that you're the adult in the room, but also very much so important is you need to celebrate celebrate students that make the right choices celebrate um it's inspect what you expect that's what i was always taught in my first few years of teaching is inspect what you expect so if you expect students to do something you need to look for it and you need to acknowledge it you need to celebrate it if you want kids to be empathetic if you want kids to show care and be compassionate and be kind with one another you need to see it when it happens you need to call it out you need to celebrate it you need to call home for it. You need to tell their parents about it. I mean, and I think for this, this is a very pointed piece of advice is that you need to look for it when it's your most difficult students. Like, just think for a moment, what's the one student that you, you're you just like, God, I if I never have to see this kid again, like I, I'll be perfectly all right. Like, think about those kids that you have that make you feel that way. You need to look for ways to celebrate them because chances are they don't get that celebration. Chances are they act out and they do those things because they don't know how to get right attention or correct attention or positive attention. And so you need to celebrate those actions. You need to call home. You need to do what you can to lift them up. I'm not saying forget about everybody else, but I'm saying just make sure you're looking for that. Look for the good. Look for the good in everything, okay? And then I think lastly, this is just like that everyday interaction kind of thing is that you take time and you talk with your students. You see a kid in the hall that you know, you say hello. You say hello by name, right? Names are incredibly important. And so saying a student's name, saying hello, Jamal, hello, Jeremiah, hello, Aaliyah. I mean, saying their name saying hello, showing that you acknowledge them. It, it does wonders for kids because it lets kids know that you see them. And so being able to take those private moments of just saying, hello, how are you doing? And, and just taking that genuine interest in who they are. Now, this may have seemed a little bit ramp, but trust me, I, I, it's very, it's scripted out. Um, but the, these are the ways that I've seen, these are the techniques that I've used to build empathy in my own practice and to watch my own practice grow. So your homework, what you're expected to do, again, I know you, you don't get away from that easily. I mean, you got you got administrators, you got coaches, you got other teachers, you got students. I mean, you got expectations coming from every single direction. My expectations, I think, are just very simple and straightforward. It's I, I don't want you to walk away from this without some sort of very clear next step, some very clear action step of something that I want you to try. And the key is, like, obviously, I'm not checking. I'm not popping into your classroom and I'm like, hey, how you doing with this? I, I can't do that very clearly. But I want you to at least consider this and find a way to do this. What I want you to do is that in your next lesson, write in the specific point that you can show empathy. So think about it. Think about the students that are coming into your room next. All right. If you're driving on your way to school right now, think about your first period kids. 
Who is a kid in that class that you can single out and you can be empathetic with? You can ask them and genuinely listen to them. Or if you're on your lunch break, listen to this, like your next peer class. Or if you are driving home right now and you're just trying to decompress from the day for a little bit, I just want you to think about your lesson structure for your next class. And I want you to just consider for a moment, just consider where can I show empathy? How can I build that in? Okay. That is your task. So this was the morning prep podcast. The bell, it's about to ring. So I'll see you in your classroom. Bye.